As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Like me, Lee Murray wanted to be world champion in the USC. He just happens to be involved in the largest cash robbery in the world. He's definitely not sane. <laughs> Showtime Sports presents the unbelievable true story about the MMA fighter who pulled off one of the largest heists in history. Huge amounts of money, armed gang, disguises, kidnapping. The sort of thing you see in Hollywood films. We've never seen that for real. Catching Lightning, streaming Friday, April 7th, only on Showtime. Streaming with Paramount Plus. Hello again, Broncos country. Kev Dan here, and welcome to yet another Orange Weekly post-game podcast. Finally, the Broncos have their first win of the season, and Tanner and I are here to break down all the good and, of course, some of the bad that we saw throughout the game to include the very interesting last few minutes of the matchup. So stay with us as we break down the entire game and finally have a lot of good news to talk about. So kick back, relax, enjoy the good news, and welcome to the post-game podcast. Orange Weekly. Fans, brews, and Broncos news. What's up, Broncos country, Tanner Lee, and the godfather of Orange Weekly, Kev Dan, here for another edition of the Orange Weekly postgame podcast. Kevin, we're not going 0-16. <laughs> it's the little things in life, right? Exactly. I also think I need a shirt that says the godfather. I, oh, I, and then absolutely. I'll get you guys shirts that says the, the godchildren. <laughs> Why not? Jared, Jared can be the godmother. He godmother that wears a visor. <laughs> <laughs> Something, <huh? laughs> that's why he's the godmother mother he's a team uh, visor and we don't uh we don't like that anyway he's gonna be happy with us about that one but, uh but it oh, is well. uh i don't know how you feel but victory fridays feel so much better than normal fridays i was sitting there at the end of the game like well first off and we'll get get to it you know like two minutes left i'm like really Really, are we going to be playing this game? Two interceptions. Are we really going there? Yeah. And then I was like, oh, is this what winning feels like? <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while. My wife is like, shut up. It's not over yet. I'm like, look, <laughs> they need a touchdown, uh, onsides kick, a field goal yeah. just to tie it. Yeah. And then that's when the end of the game stuff started up. And we'll talk about that at the end of the show. But, but hey, how 2020 is going and for the Broncos luck. I kind of agree with nice. her. I didn't want to celebrate. Yeah. Too prematurely till there was three zeros on the clock. So I'm kind of on her side there. Amen but, uh, to that. What a weird game last night. Um, it was ugly. I, I, it was ugly, but yet entertaining. It was oh, just yeah. re- very strange. Yeah. No, it, strange is a good way to put it. Like, I think we all expected it to be ugly in terms of the, the way the teams played. Um, and obviously, I think the Jets with their penalties and the types of penalties yeah. they were drawing was, was ugly to watch. And mm-hmm. um, But across the board, you know, there were, there were some really good moments and some really just, you know, like, oh, that was painful kind of yep. stuff. So it went, it went back and forth. But yeah, it was very entertaining. It wasn't. It wasn't boring by any stretch of the uh, of the imagination. I know you messaged our uh, Orange Weekly chat that you thought you might w- might have woken up your neighbors at the end of the game by yelling. <laughs> I think if I, yep. I live, in, I, I have some older neighbors, so they were probably asleep when the game was starting. 
But if they were, I woke them up when Sam Darnold ran in for that 47-yard uh, Which touchdown. Which we definitely talk about. There was there was that time, too. It was early enough out here, yeah. and I'm in, I'm in apartments, so uh-huh. you know I have that to worry about. But that one, <laughs> if anybody was asleep, they weren't asleep after that. Um, yeah. I was yeah. watching the game on the couch, but by the time he crossed the goal line, I think I was a foot away from my TV. Yep. I was furious. Yep. But I think we all were. I mean, that was just so – it was like, is this really how this game is going to go? Exactly. And we had we had talked about it, you know, on last week's show and the the po- or the pregame podcast, the pregame show, just all about being able to contain Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. And right off the bat, I'm like, this is this is not going to bode well for us if this is how it goes. Yeah, I mean, we we should have had him sacked. It looked like we did have him sacked, and then he gets out of it, and I'm like, oh great, he got the first down. Oh god, he's got 20. Oh my god, we just let Sam Darnold run 47 yards. Yep, almost. And it was. It was uh, Justin Simmons who missed that initial tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we were talking about, and I went back and I did watch that play. So for anyone who who missed it, and I mean, don't get me wrong, this isn't a good excuse for letting him get out of the, you know, start running anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he did fake a slide. And yes. you know, once, once the quarterback is in the process of beginning to slide and going through that, you're not allowed to hit him. Mm-hmm. You know, so I can't remember what def- defender it was, but he pulled back because it looked like Sam Darnold was about to slide. And that's when he changed his mind because he saw the defender pull back. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so that is a interesting conversation of, you know, is this something that the NFL needs to address? Because, look, if they're going to allow that, then any quarterback that's that's running around is going to try to incorporate a fake slide. Right. And you can't you can't do that. So yeah. that that would have been a stop right there. It still wouldn't have been a great play, but. Look, the fact that that was the longest QB run in the season so far uh, across the league, I just almost vomited. To be oh, I, with you. And I wouldn't have guessed out of all 32 quarterbacks, Sam Darnold would have been the one yeah. to do that. I would have guessed, you know, right. Lamar Jackson or uh, Kyler Murray or, or somebody exactly. like that. Not Sam Darnold, but uh, hey, hats off to him. Made a good play. Um, <sighs> and then that was the Jets' first lead of the year. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, well, I'm, I'm right there with him. Like, yep, here we go. Like, mm-hmm. how are we going to be bounce back? But luckily we, we bounced back. Um, and, and that's what one thing, one of my biggest takeaways last night was just the fight of the team. And I think that's kudos to the coaching staff. I think the yeah. guys really still believe in the coaching staff. And I mean, I mean, cause they could have folded pretty quick last night. And then right after different. that first touchdown. Yep. Yeah. Cause the jets had all, all the momentum, but, uh, Coaches really have these guys engaged, and I thought it showed last night. Yes, we were playing the Jets, arguably the worst team in the league, but let's be honest, going into last night, we weren't playing too much better than the Jets. So got to start somewhere. I think the main difference that stood out to me, and it's probably going to be a theme throughout the show, is it was very obvious one team was disciplined and one team was not. Absolutely. Uh, And that, you know, while both teams weren't playing – you know, great by any means. Mm-hmm. They were still playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I guess good enough against each other. Yeah. But I, the fact that you could tell the Jets is they're just a a piece of crap organization. You oh, know? yeah. And, yeah. and at least I was looking at us and saying, okay, at least we have some sort of discipline and, you know, respect that yep. we're not going to do that to you, you know? Yep. And I, that's, that's what impressed me was even when we're in this situation of zero and three and, you know, they got that first touchdown, this team isn't going to go out there and start essentially throwing punches kind of yep. thing, you know? Yep. And, and that's a good point you brought up. I mean, look at the jets culture right now. They're a mess. 
um, head coach is walking on the thinnest of thin ice. I'm surprised he didn't get fired today, and we can talk about that a little later. And mm-hmm. we'll, we'll definitely talk about Greg Williams, the defensive coordinator, later when we talk about the end of the game. But uh, it, it starts from the top and goes down. I mean, they haven't really had success since Rex Ryan made back-to-back AFC championships back in 2010, 2011, and they haven't done much since. You know, they got Sam Darnold, took him number three overall a couple of years ago. He doesn't have too much talent around him to work with. I kind of feel bad for him, but they honestly could go 0-16 or if not 0-16, pretty close to it, have number one pick, and then they got to make up their minds. Do we get Trevor Lawrence, who everybody's comparing to a prospect like John Elway, Peyton Manning, maybe Mm -hmm. Andrew Luck. He was pretty highly regarded coming out of college, but that, you know, injuries kind of ruined his career. Or or do they roll with Sam Darnold, who they literally just took the took at number three overall a couple years ago? So so I'm glad the Broncos aren't in that kind of mess from top clear down the bottom. We do have our own issues, which we kind of hit on last week. When it comes to the front office and the ownership and everything, but uh, but we're not going to focus on that tonight. We're going to focus on the positives from last night and the thirty-seven to twenty-eight win. Um, that I think I got the score right. It was thirty-seven. Yeah, 28, thirty-seven right? twenty-eight. Okay, yeah. nine points. Kind of a weird deficit to win by, but um, yeah, I thought one of the positives early in the game was Jerry Judy's first NFL career touchdown. Wasn't that beautiful? That was. I lovely. mean, he just the guy. just the catch itself. I mean. Okay, the fact that this is his fourth NFL game, mm-hmm. and we essentially have a third string quarterback starting. So the the fact that yeah, the ball yeah, was a little his first career from, start. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So once I saw him trying to air out the ball, I was like, "What are yeah. you doing?" And it kind of you know, thinking back, it felt like slow motion because I saw mm-hmm. the defender turn in front of Judy, and it was heading right to him, and I'm like, "No, no, no, no!" And then it was just like, "Wait, how did Jerry?" Judy come up with that ball and the replay was just, you know, he didn't even really jump that high. He was just no. like reached over his head like mine now. Yeah. And the whole stepping back in the end zone, like that is like some, that was awesome. some swagger that this team needs, you know? Oh, he's full swagger. And um, yeah, well, like you said, watch the replay and sure it, it wasn't the best defensively played on the ball, but he had strength to rip it away. I mean, the guy kind of had his arms bobbling it, and Jerry's just yeah. like, nope, I'm going to moss you. <laughs> and like you said, he stutter stepped backwards, and then his dance was awesome. That, oh, that yeah. guy can dance. So uh, uh, that's going to be the first of many touchdowns. Oh, the I, blue. You know, and as he gets more – obviously gets more comfortable. Mm-hmm. If you look back to week one mm-hmm. and see how much he's improved from week one where he had those drops that yep. – you know, okay, those are very much rookie. You don't, you didn't even get a preseason to get out there. Um, hey, just slow down, how you know, yep, quarter of a second and make sure you catch the ball and then run kind of yep. thing to so making a play like that. And he made several fantastic plays, but that sure one right off the bat, it's like I've, I've seen this guy grow in four weeks with three different quarterbacks. Oh, that's a great point with three different quarterbacks, and look what he's doing. On his fourth NFL game. That is a fantastic point. I didn't even think about that. He's already played with three quarterbacks, and he's a rookie. I mean, he hasn't got time to develop that chemistry, really, with one yet. So nope. that's a great point. I didn't think about that. Yeah. And when you get tweeted about, I mean, say what, what you will, if you like the guy, don't like the guy, but when LeBron James tweets about you, it's kind of a big deal. Oh, yeah. So, You're getting noticed. I mean, yeah. that. how many rookies out there in their fourth game are getting that kind of not just coverage, but are looking that that solid and that promising. Yes, yep. again, we can caveat all of this, put an asterisk next to it that yes, it was the Jets. But you look at this and saying this guy is this is exactly what we expected from him. 
And you imagine what he's going to be next year, two years from now, three years from now, alongside Cortland Sutton and heck Tim Patrick. I mean, and you add KJ Hamler into that, like this receiving core is going to be, if not the best in the league, they're going to be the best in the league. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well said. And, and, you know, we can talk about the defender not playing the ball well, but I, I can't remember the just defensive back's name, but he ended up having two picks, including the pick six. So yeah. he ended up having a pretty good game. So he's not a slouch by any means. No. And, and Jerry went up and made a miraculous play over him. So, yeah. so kudos. And and, what was uh, that the first time we've had a pick six against us since week or since 2017? Is yeah, that Trevor Simeon. Yeah, I could not believe that. Which I was like, wait, it's really been that long? I could not believe that. I'm like, I swear that had been one since, but yeah. Yeah, he said week 13. I'm like, week 13 last year? Okay, that sounds about right. 2017, yeah. what? Trevor Simeon, what? We'd have like eight quarterbacks. It's not really, but it feels like it. But, uh, but yeah, you brought up Tim Patrick. I loved seeing him have a career game last night. First time he's went over the 100-yard mark in his career. Six catches, 113 yards, and a touchdown. The only thing I'm mad at is I have him on both of my fantasy teams. I had him on the bench. Ah. And on one of them, I literally needed to replace a wide receiver, and I had him. I don't even remember who I went with instead, and I was going back and forth. I'm like, eh, he's got to get more touches without Corlin. I know it's going to happen one of these weeks. He's going to break mm-hmm. out. But I'm like, don't think it's going to be tonight. I'm glad he proved me wrong. I've there been a big is. Tim Patrick fan. Since he entered the league from Utah, uh, glad he's on the Broncos. I think he's got some speed. He's got good hands. Mm-hmm. He's athletic. And hopefully this just gives him confidence to keep building on because if he can build himself into a reliable threat to go along with Jerry Judy and Hamler when Hamler gets consistently healthy, we already know what Corlin can do. Like you said, the future is just bright for the wide receiver uh, wide receiving core. So, in fact, he was rated the – Tim Patrick was rated the number one um, – offensive player from pro football focus. Um, And of course, you know, not to change the subject yet, but Garrett Bowles was number two. And so Bowles was number one in weeks two and three. And this week he was number two, not by, it was, I mean, this guy, this is what we expected from him right off the bat. This guy, I think is, I'm starting to believe, and I'm not quite there yet, but this guy may have figured it out. Exactly. I was just talking to my dad tonight at dinner about this because uh, he's not a Bronco fan, but he—I mean, he's a—he's a Colts fan, but he—he uh, he keeps up with the NFL and he knows yeah. a lot of the Broncos through talking to me all the time yeah. and everything. And uh, <laughs> he was—he—he—he he, he actually two years ago when he went out to Denver with me for a game, he felt bad for Bulls because the fans were on him so hard. So he became a Bulls fan that day going forward. Okay. And he goes, "Bulls have been playing pretty well this year." I'm like. He has. I can't. He has been the Broncos' best offensive lineman. I can't. I can't. I can't argue that. For the most part, the best offensive player. Yeah. In terms of rankings and and points in in general, I believe he's only had one holding call. Like I believe two, maybe two. One was the one was on the run play, which remember that is incredibly rare to get a holding call on a run play. That was a fluke. But then the one pass play last week. Oh yeah, he kind of tackled the guy on that one. You're talking about one holding penalty yeah. every other game. Yeah, which is a vast improvement from last year. And I wonder yeah. if the lack of attendance is helping his play. So it's it's 
worth questioning, you know, how, how much is that coming in, uh, becoming a factor? Um, mm -hmm. The other thing was he did see that sports psychologist over the off season yeah. and try and, you know, get right in his head. Cause that's what we would see all of last year. You know, he'd, mm -hmm. he'd be playing okay for a while and he got that first holding penalty and then, and it, then would, it just yeah. degraded from there. So I think whatever he did to, to talk to that person and help him put himself in a frame of mind that when he gets a holding penalty, it doesn't make everything else crumble. You know, mm -hmm. whether that's a confidence thing or just a mindset thing, I'm not sure uh, how they go about doing that, but I would like to think that's probably the bigger part of it. Now, once teams are allowing more and more fans into their stadium and we get into next year, um, you know, uh, that we'll be able to tell if that's, that's the case or not. But um, either way, even if it is the fans, hopefully this is giving him that, that confidence and that experience that even if there are fans or when there are fans um, it, it's not going to make him backtrack at all. You know, you know, no, we got a long ways to go throughout the season. We're only a fourth of the way complete four games through to 16, but so far through four games, he's going to make the Broncos have an interesting decision when it comes to, if they want to bring them back, try to bring them back or not. So <clears throat> if I had to say right now, yeah, hundred yep, percent. I agree. Through four games. Yes, 100%. And, um, and we'll talk about it later when we talk about the end of the game, but I loved what he did after the game. He oh, yes. won me over St doing that. Stick with us, guys. We yep. are full we'll on going to break we, down. We know yet. you want to hear us break it down. We'll, we'll get there. So, um, Noah Fant, two catches for 35 yards. He did get injured, yeah. but it sounds like it was a minor injury. He still yep. could miss some time. They're not sure yet. According to Mike Kliss today, him and KJ Hamler, might miss no time, might miss a couple weeks. We're just not sure, which is just – it's it's the Broncos' fourth day this year. You just got to yep. expect somebody's going to go down, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, well, and Shelby Harris went down for a bit too, and I think – Twice. I know. I was holding my – I don't think I breathed for like five minutes. <laughs> I didn't take a single <laughs> breath until I saw he was back out there. Um, I was blue. My wife was about to call 911. Uh, <laughs> you don't want maybe that not coming. that degree, <laughs> uh, but uh, there was a serious uh, yeah. amount of time there where I was just like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, Noah Fant, KJ Hamler, they both escaped what could have been a very, very ser serious type of injury um, with the 10 days here um, until the next game. I'd like to think that they're going to be back out there, especially since mm -hmm. it's the Patriots and heck mm -hmm. now we're trying to we're trying to get some momentum going. Right. Yep. So ha not having fan out there, it would be a huge blow. And we just see, we saw how the tight end play um, really devolved when Noah Fant uh, wasn't out there anymore. So yeah, we're going to need him. So of course, look, it's 2020. Let's not rush people back in, but at the same time, if it's not that serious of an injury um, and it's, there's no chance of it becoming you know worse or anything like that, I'd say, Hey, we need, we kind of need them back in there. At least oh, no fan. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, we, we keep losing targets every week. And uh, especially when you have a, like you said, a th third string quarterback who just made his first NFL career start last night. It doesn't make things any easier on him when you're taking away his targets. So, which we'll get to talking about his play here in a little bit. But uh, one guy that definitely wasn't making his first NFL career start last night but had his best game as a Bronco so far. Melvin Gordon. Oh, man. Awesome last night. That's what we were paying him for, performances like that. 23 Easy. carries, 107 yards, two touchdowns. That was just on the ground. He also caught a few balls. Had yeah. the game ceiling touchdown, which was just sweet. I mean, I'm thinking, okay, one first down. You know, it's two-minute warning. One first down. They got the timeouts, but one first down seals this. Yeah, Melvin's like, I'll just take it to the house, get this thing mm -hmm. over with. 
So, uh, yeah, I thought he played great. He did scare me to death one time hurtling a guy. Well, you know, was, first off, he got like four and a half feet in the air. That, that was impressive. Uh, but like, uh, if the defender was like starting to go down, okay. But he was pretty much standing up. Like, what are you going to clear six feet? You know, if I'm Pat Shermer, I'm going over. Tell him, don't do that again. Don't don't do that again. <laughs> don't do that. It was very impressive. Very yeah. impressive. I want to know exactly how high in the air it was because he was like up at the guy's shoulder level. That's yeah. at least I mean, four feet in the air. <laughs> he's a, he's a sneaky good athlete. I mean, he's a power back, but he's a sneaky good athlete. Um, yeah. Just loved his performance last night. I thought he was tremendous. And then um, Brett Rippon, like we've been saying, made his first career NFL start. Uh, 19 for 31 for 242 yards. Two yep. touchdowns, three picks, one of those being a pick six. For a while, though, he was playing about as good as we could have asked. And then he did have all three picks were pretty bad. I mean, yeah. they were right to the defenders pretty much. Um, yeah. You know, uh, one one of them he needed to throw five rows at least into the stands, and I really yeah. don't know what happened there. He just threw it right at the I guy. Think, I yeah, know. I don't know if it's a conversation of he didn't want to get an intentional grounding. He just, it, you know, it, it, but if you saw how he threw the ball away after that, yeah, it was yeah, like, he learned. Surprised he didn't pull in the homes and throw it outside of the stadium. Like, yep. like he was like not even close. So, like that's exactly what you're going to expect from essentially a guy who's only played a couple preseason games. Yep. Um, and what's the fourth quarter of last week? Like that's that's mm-hmm. kind of thing. First off, that was I have to tip my hat to that defender. That was a hell of a catch. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I'm pissed that it happened, but um, the he those, those are the things that he's got to learn from. Yeah, you know. Anyway. And, I, I can't see why we would not have him as our backup after this. I don't care who we sign or what Driscoll's gone. I think I want Rippin the way he's playing and he can manage a game and he's calling out blitzes and talking to the the offensive line. This is a guy that I want as our backup. Yep, and, and Vic Fangio came out today and said, as of right now, Drew Locke's 50-50 for next week at New England, but he hasn't thrown a football yet. He's thrown other type of weight balls and other balls, but he hasn't thrown a football yet. So I doubt we see Drew Locke next week. So he even said if Drew can't go, Rippon will be the starter. So if I had to guess next week, it'll be Brett Rippon one, Blake Bortles will be two. That yep. would be my guess because I think it's time to activate him. You're paying him 900 and some thousand dollars. Yeah, You need to activate him. And Jeff Driscoll, thanks for what you've done, but it's just <laughs> no, business. I mean, you haven't done much. but I know, uh, I know. But the little you have. Yeah. <laughs> so, thanks for the one run play last night. So, uh, uh, but Brett Rippon, like you said, I like the way he's reading defenses, gets up there, changes the plays, gets rid of the ball quickly, but hangs in there when he needs to and takes shots. That's what yeah. impressed me most. The kid got the hell beat out of him last night, kept getting up every single time. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he took what three or four personal fouls to the head. Yeah. Helmet to helmet. I think um, it was four. <laughs> I and I think, uh, and I think the offensive lineman. I mean, if you keep getting up like that, they're going to love to play for you. I yeah. mean, I mean, I mean, you're proving they're going to battle with. Try harder every single time, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, you had a few mistakes, but you're going to get that. It, it's just the Broncos are lucky they got the win with a three interception performance out of their quarterback. That's only happened a couple times in franchise history. John Elway right. did it twice. Jake Plummer did it twice. Peyton Manning did it once. In a win, I should say. I mean, of course, they've all had games where they've thrown multiple interceptions in a loss. But yeah. so, uh, but the Broncos at the end of the day made enough plays to win, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So, um, yeah. Interested. Uh, so, looking at some of the other numbers here, uh, Glasgow um, was at the top um, 
number five in terms of uh, offensive players there. So I didn't hear his name that, at all last night, which is a good thing. Probably good thing, right? Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Now we're talking about names that we did hear. Holy crap! What about Bradley Chubb? Oh man, the astronauts. Yeah, breakout game. We were waiting on this. You know, we even thought maybe they should set him down a little bit until he gets 100% healthy. But he proved he's back. He's 100% healthy. Two and a half sacks last night. And just was, I mean, this was the best our pass rush has looked all year by far. They were getting pressure on Sam Darnold all night long, making him uncomfortable, making him scramble, which he did hurt us a little bit with scrambling. But I think that's what we want him to do, try to beat us with your legs instead of your arm. Um, Yeah, Chubb was awesome last night. Just two and a half sacks, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And what I'm looking at here um, is, you know, Per pro football focus, the the guys that we need to be playing well, like are are actually doing it. You got Josie Jewell, Bradley oh, Chubb, Shelby awesome Harris, Alexander Johnson, Devontae Bosby, Justin Simmons, Mike Purcell. Like these are the core guys of our defense, and and they are playing yep. at the top. Uh, it's not like ah uh, they're hanging out out around the middle. We expect more. Like they are going out there and they're playing. They're playing really well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Josie Jewell, I thought that was a career game for him last night. Eight tackles, two sacks. I know we've ripped on him a lot in the postgame podcast and all of our podcasts and shows really. Well, there's been a lot to rip on across the board lately. Deservingly so, but uh, (laughs) that's two games now out of four. He's played pretty well, so he shut me up this week. I mean, I thought he was all over the field. A.J. Johnson, he's just reliable. He's kind of what Danny Trevathan used to be for the Broncos back when in the Super Bowl run. Um, just a guy, he's got to get tons of tackles. He's got to be in the right spot at the right time, and mm-hmm. he's slowly becoming a leader of the defense. And you know, yep. I'd love to see that, especially in the absence of Von Miller. Yeah. Um, and then another guy I want to tip my cap to was Bryce Callahan. I thought he had a good game last night, yeah. six tackles, had a couple pass breakups. It's good to see him getting, for one, staying healthy so far, and two, just getting more comfortable being back out there. Mm-hmm. Nice to see. So what I'm hoping to take away from from this game is, yes, we can all sit here and say, well, it was just the Jets. But the way the defense was playing, um, obviously they gave up 28 points. Like I said, ugly game. But the way they played um, is, I think they're taking away from this that, okay, we can do this. We are on the same page. You know, the the schemes are pulling together. Coach Vangio's game planning, you know, we can do this, you know, we can play solid defense um, against a very mobile quarterback, a young quarterback. Right. Um, and if they can take that and use that as a foundation moving forward, it's not the, like it was the first three games of the season of Holy crap. we keep getting beat. We keep making dumb mistakes. We keep getting these dumb penalties. It's, it's pretty solid. It was pretty solid play for them. So I, I, I'm thinking that this is what I'm hoping to be a building block moving forward for, for this team and really get some confidence in them. Yeah. Cause the schedule doesn't ease up at all. I mean, you got, <laughs> nope. Yeah. Add new England. Who's playing really well right now. Well, we'll see new what England. they do against. Yeah, no. We'll see what they do against Kansas city. I mean, you still got Belichick and McDouche and Cam Newton's look like looking like his old self five years ago, all of a sudden. And, uh, so you got them, then got the Dolphins coming into town. You never know what's expected about that. by them. They're a very young team, but they got some weapons. Then you got Kansas City, which right now I think you can agree, unfortunately, is the best team in the league until, <laughs> until somebody says otherwise. Um, yeah. So and then we got a bye. So uh, we got some tough games coming up, but like you said, we got to start somewhere. Hopefully that win 
gives us confidence we won in the Eastern time zone, which hasn't happened too often yeah. in the last few years. Yeah. Uh, won a night game, a primetime game. Yeah, against the Jets. But you still got to win. You still got to mm-hmm. go out there and play. It's the NFL. Anything can happen on any given day. Yep. Um, and I was just happy to see the fight of the guys. Um, and, and some of these young guys are starting to play better. Mm-hmm. Look at um, oh the rookie corner. His name's escaping me. Uh, Dawson? No. Nope. Nope. Uh, um, number 23 out of Iowa. OG. OJ Moody. OJ Moody. OJ Moody. Yeah. <laughs> I th- I would say right now, besides Jerry Judy, he's been performing better than any rookie on the team. Yeah. And he's had some bad games and some bad moments, but he he's slowly getting better. And at the end of the year, I think we're going to be like, we got a good one in this kid. Oh, yeah. And, and I mean, it, it plays into what we keep talking about in, in two, three, four years from now. You know, I get it. Everyone in Broncos country is pissed off that – you know, well, we've been in rebuilding mode for, for four years. Well, yes, but no. You know, we didn't really start with that rebuilding mindset, you know, especially through building through the draft until last year, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so this is really only the second, maybe the third draft in which Elway has approached the this team as we are not a win-now team. This is something that we need to evolve over time. And that takes five, six years plus. So obviously with mm-hmm. the injuries – you know, if we didn't have half of the injuries we have, I think you'd be seeing a, a whole lot stronger team versus, you know, I see starters out there. And I'm like, I've never heard of you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but yeah, so this is where we're talking about the, the talent we have as they grow and improve together. I, I, I'm, well, I'm seeing the, I'm seeing it all line up, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we can all agree in Broncos country this year's, the record at the end of the year is not going to be what we want or wanted at the start of the year. But of course, injuries kind of changed everything. But I yeah. keep saying every week, if this team just keeps on this track, of course, it's going to end up well in the future. It really yeah. is. Everybody's just got to be a little more patient than we want to be. Where, you know, we thought this year was going to be the step maybe to get to the playoffs. And it still could be. They just right. got to really get on fire. But I just think the injuries are going to be too much to overcome, unfortunately, losing so many key players. But I still think the uh, future is bright for this team and organization. It's going to take a little more time than we would all like, but that's sports sometimes, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Um, one thing I liked about last night was I was rethinking about the game in my head today, and there's not too many guys I can point out that didn't play very well last night. I didn't feel like. There's a couple. But that's a good point. There's some bad plays. I don't think I plays. can point to a single player and say, you are absolutely now, terrible. Now, there was one of our defense backs, and I get these two guys could confused so i apologize between bassy and bosby one of them vic fangio replaced with the other one because the one that was starting got very tired he said and winded and they were picking on him i think it was bassy Bassy. was getting tired so he was the lowest ranked defensive player so he was the one that kind of had a rough night last night but um besides him i mean how do you get winded at sea level essentially you know yeah a lot lower than you are in denver Um, yeah so Either way, I, yeah, he he's probably the one that mm-hmm. just straight up did not have a good game. Yeah, and uh, and Cushenberry had a few moments last night, but it's a rookie center. We come to expect it every week that he's gonna have a couple penalties or, or bad yeah. plays here and there. But um, but one guy that I want to tip my hat to, Brandon McManus, 
He showed everybody why crap. he got that four-year contract extension. Three he for three. Hit two bombs over 50 yards, which we always know he has the leg. Just sometimes his accuracy is not yeah. always there. It was there last night. He was awesome. Yep. No, and that's – if we're going to be competitive in these games, we're going to have to take those chances from 50-plus oh, yeah. yards away. Absolutely. You know, we're, we can't be saying, well, we just need a punt. No, like if if we need to put points on the board – uh, and and be able to be in the conversation throughout the game. We need him to be doing that ninety nine percent of the time. You know? I want him to turn into the reliable um, weapon that Matt Prater was. Yeah, with the Broncos years ago. Because I remember Prater got out there. I never thought he was going to miss. I mean, he, exactly. he, you trusted him anywhere. Yeah, I mean, he holds the NFL record for the longest made field goal for a reason. He yep. he's still good for the Detroit Lions to this day. But uh, I've always been a McManus fan. I like that we gave him a four-year contract, and I like that he's backing it up last night. Great game for him, and mm-hmm. hopefully he keeps the momentum going and the confidence going. And while we're on special teams, uh, Devontae Spencer had a really nice punt return. He was right. literally one block away from Tyree Cleveland to take that to Which the house. Which was the kicker that blocked him, right? Yep. 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 So, but that was that was nice to see because we, we still had a couple moments on special teams. It's like, uh, what are we doing? But – I thought we saw more good out of special teams than bad last night. And that's a step in the right direction after the horrendous effort against Tampa Bay last week. Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it was just like, holy crap, this is happening. Yeah, I can't remember who put it in our team chat there, but uh, the Orange Weekly chat, one of us was like, wait, did we just have a positive special teams play for us? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. I, like, I don't know. I think so. I don't see any flags yet. I don't. Uh, I think the only two flags I can remember last night was um, Jones pushing down the center on the, yeah. Field goal attempt, which was unfortunate because it gave them the first down. And then our lawn snapper got a false start one time, which was pretty funny if you yeah. watch the replay yeah. looking back on it because he kind of <laughs> stops and looks around like, I was like, dude, you move first. <laughs> in, in my head, I'm thinking, oh, man, this rookie lawn snapper, he's got to get together because he did not play good last week. Then he had this penalty early on. Well, that, that was the last time I noticed him last night, so that's a good thing. Yeah, so, exactly. And I can't no, even I think, think of his name right now. So Special teams was uh... – Huge for us. Um, yeah. I mean, that's again, these are things where we're seeing uh glimmers of you know fantastic moves and plays and real promise. Um, but we just have to find a way, and it comes with experience, find a way for mm-hmm. these guys to come together and make it consistent. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I don't want to step on the pregame podcast guys' feed at all, but we do have about 10 days in between our next game, and yeah. next time we're going to do a Post-game podcast won't be till next Sunday. So uh, what do you think Brett Rippon's mindset has to be going into New England? It's going to be a better team he faced than the Jets. And against a legendary coach like Bill Belichick, who has made a career off making young quarterbacks just crumble when when they play the Patriots. It's a good question. I think, one, don't change much mm-hmm. um, in terms of his mentality. Uh, I think he did – he did a pretty good job bouncing back from those two interceptions. Like sure. he didn't completely crumble. Um, you know, after that second one, we went out and got basically what a negative three run play. And they're, you know, we're like, Hey, we want to get, get some pressure off of him, Right. But that didn't phase him at all. So obviously I think, you know, just really spend a little more time looking at the defense. Uh, it's tough because when you're in real time, you're trying to read the defense and what they're doing. Obviously, by that point in the game, um, that second and third interception, they they were figuring us out, right? Um, so 
don't be afraid to take those long, long passes like you wasn't, right? Continue to do that. Really just don't be afraid to throw the ball away if, if the play is not there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think those are the two big ones, you yeah. know? Keep keep doing what you're doing, but don't throw the ball if, if there's nothing there. You know? Yep, take the shots if they're there, but if not, ball security against Patriots. We can't afford to have three turnovers again because nope. we're not going to walk out Foxborough with a win. We haven't walked out Foxborough with a win, I believe, since like 06. How it is, anyways. It's, it's been a house of horrors for not only the Broncos but most teams in the league. But uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. And hopefully, we have Philip Lindsay back next week. That would be another yeah. weapon yeah. that could really help in the run game and catching balls out of the backfield. That could be a huge help for the young quarterback. So yeah, hopefully we have him, and hopefully we have Hamler and Fan as well. Hopefully we don't lose either of those guys because we're gonna need everybody that we yeah. can get for next week. It's gonna be a tough challenge, but but I'm looking forward to it. Anytime we can line up against the Patriots, to try to beat them. It's, it's a fun, fun time. Exactly. So, I mean, you look at how well this team is doing um, and they're gelling. If anything, I hope this is a game that, hey, it helps them gel. It helps them come together and say, look, we can do this. Um, we can go against the tougher team. Like, look what we did in the second half against Tampa Bay. We completely shut down Tom Brady. It, it's things like those where it's, okay, we can we can do well against a mobile quarterback, which we know we're going to face next week. Uh, we can shut down somebody like Tom Brady for an entire half. Um, these are things that, okay, well, this is something that we can really build on. And the Patriots shouldn't be terrifying to them. They no. go out there, they play an A game. Uh, they have Philip Lindsay back. So now you got the dual threat of um, Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. Uh, man, you have a game under your belt with Rippin and Jerry Judy. Uh, and Tim Patrick, like those guys had a whole other game. They're starting to trust each other a, a lot more. Like this is a, this is a game that the thought of winning isn't, isn't really a long shot. There's a lot mm-hmm. of questions and there's a lot of things that, I mean, they have to play a perfect game, but sure. it, it's not like, well, there's no way we're going to win, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I feel a lot better, of course, coming off a win than I would have had a loss coming, going in their own four. have no idea where the team's heads would be probably not in a good place to be honest but no. they should be holding their heads high this upcoming we can practice a little more and yep. um and yeah we'll see what happens next week but um i, I, I would think the defense will keep us in the game and as they have i i definitely didn't expect to score 37 points last night so that well, was a uh, pleasant surprise the, if you listen to the pregame podcast all of them Oh, this is just going to be a low-scoring game. Sure. And it, was, it was funny because I mean, my get my prediction was twenty-four twenty, yep. and we were we were doing the the pregame uh, huddle show about an hour before game time, which we always do. So we'll see you guys there mm-hmm. uh, next week. Um, but one person put down their score prediction. It was something like Broncos thirty-five, Jets. I don't know. 27 or something like that. It was actually pretty close. Uh, but somebody came back and said, oh, where are you getting 35 from? And I would just, at the end of the game, I would just, I just like that, whoever it was, I think her name was Barb or something. She's sitting on her couch just saying, I told you. I told you. Yeah. I was just like, that was, I'm sure she was just super happy about that. But I was just happy that we were right in terms of it was going to be a high scoring game. And, uh, stick it to uh, those pregame guys because I think we know the or the post yeah pregame guys the postgame show we're the best we're the best oh, out yeah. of the two main podcasts oh yeah, yeah. Uh, no question no question <laughs> and the, those those are fighting words by the way so they are they are that's okay that's okay bring it 
Speaking of <laughs> speaking of fighting, let's let's there get right into the end of the that game. That was a great segue. That, that was, was a we meant to do that. You set it up on a tee for me, so I had to take advantage <laughs> before we change subjects. So, uh, yeah, it, it was in, it was in the it was the headline last night on on Sports Center, late night Sports Center on the NFL yeah. uh, Network post game show. Steve Smith and Joe Thomas even got an argue argument about talking about Greg Williams, but basically. Adam Gase was using timeouts, all his timeouts, down nine under a minute to go. Broncos are just trying to run out the clock, and then the Jets got pissed off. I don't know if they had a bounty out there for Brett Rippon or what, and they started trying to tee off on him with personal fouls with helmet to helmets and getting chippy, and Garrett Bowles was getting pissed off, rightfully so as he should, so were some of the other linemen. And then after the game, Vic Fangio mic'd up and, Dropping f bombs, telling the team to get to the locker room because Bowles is ready to fight. Fangio post game pretty much said he wanted to get the players off the field before anything escalated into an, an ugly situation. But I also don't think he likes Adam Gase. Yeah. If you remember correctly, they did coach together a little bit in um, Chicago. I think they were both coordinators there at the same time. I could be wrong. Maybe they didn't overlap before Gase went to Miami. But anyways, we all know the bad blood between Gase and the Broncos. But he thinks LA screwed his career over, and then when he was in Miami. He onside kicked against us when he was up like 107. I was um, at that game. Oh, were you? Yeah. Yep. Oh. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So everybody knows the bad blood there. And, uh, yeah, I don't know how Greg Williams keeps getting hired in this league because he's a dirty, dirty scumbag of a defense coordinator. And he teaches his players to play that way everywhere he goes. I don't, I don't know how he's still in the league. That's the thing right there. Like before that last minute and a half, basically, uh, where we were able to just kneel it and end the game, right? Um, before that, you can look at this saying, okay, this is a just undisciplined, undisciplined team, undisciplined uh, defense. Like they're just like that. That comes from the, you know the players and coaches combined. That what they were doing at the end of the game there, not just calling the timeouts, but then taking those penalties, going after Rippin hitting him that helmet to helmet that yeah, comes from the coach. Yeah, he could have seriously hurt the guy. I mean, and, and I'm not going to sit here and I don't want to say it cause I really hope it's not true, but it's like, what are you trying to hurt us even more as just like a big middle finger to us? Like it, I don't know what else it would be. Like, why would you go do that other than you're actually trying to bring us down? You're trying to make us pay for, for beating you. And that's what really, at the end of the day, just I, I can look at the, the game and say, yeah, you got all these, you know, quarterback hit penalties, roughing the passer. Okay. Yeah. You guys are idiots. But at the end there, I was like, you, you, I have words. You, you deserve to lose every single game. Each one of you are absolute pieces of shit. Yep. And it's an interesting point you brought up about are you trying to hurt these guys? Because that's kind of what Steve Smith and Joe Thomas got an argument about. Of course, Joe Thomas played his whole career for the Browns. Greg Williams was defense coordinator for the Browns for a little while. So Joe Thomas likes him. He was trying to say that's not the type of coach he is. And Steve Smith said, he pretty much said, Joe, I respect you, but you're not going to change my mind on this opinion. He goes, I played in the NFC South against him for years when he was in New Orleans. I had guys hit me out of bounds, hit me close to out of bounds, and the guys would literally apologize to me and say, Steve, I'm sorry, but if I don't finish the play, finish you wherever you are on the field, I get fined internally. Yeah, That's how he coaches everywhere he's in the league. The guy's just a douchebag and has no place in the NFL. So I could could look at it. If it happened one time, you know, in in that last two minutes. If it happened one time, I'd say it's that player. 
That yep. player is, is dirty. He's coming out with a bad mindset. But when it was multiple of them yep. and the way they were handling that the last few minutes, yep. that's where it was like, you are all just an absolute piece of, a piece of shit organization yep. now. Like yep. the, the whole NFL is looking at you and just you are losing so much respect. Uh, I don't know how he's still out. Any of them still have a job today, to be honest with you, nope. because this is the type of product that you as Jets fans and the, the Jets organization want to put out there that that's, you know, it, your money, you do what you want. But if, if the Broncos ever did anything like that, I would be utterly embarrassed. I would be so mad. And I would say, I cannot believe our team is playing anywhere close to that. That's not the Broncos way. I mean, look, they got fed up with how Josh McDaniels was, you know, of course he had that cheating scandal over in London against the Niners, but how he was handling things with the media and everything. And Pat Bowen's like, I've seen enough. You're done before he even finished a full two years. And then the jets put up with this stuff from Greg Williams and Adam Gase continuously. And they wonder why they get laughed at and not taken seriously. It's just, it's just things like this. And it's just, mm-hmm. like you said, a piss poor organization. We've beaten five of the last six times. I hope we continue to just smash them when we play them in the future, uh, even <laughs> though they'll have different, different uh, personnel with them. You would think by that time, but you never know. It is, the Jets. I mean, look what the New York Knicks have done. The NBA, they're laughing stock too. But yeah. uh yeah, yeah, I think I think you've you've covered it perfectly. It just it's a shame. I mean, they had six personal foul penalties, but the last few under a minute ago were the ones that pissed everybody off, as they should, because there's no place in the game for that. Respect the game. Right. And, and I mean, just respect the players. I mean, mm-hmm. so you know, I did listen to uh I I tuned into the um Fangio's post-game presser mm-hmm. purely for just wanting to hear the question because you knew it was going to be right off the bat. And they asked, you know, why you're rushing off the locker. And he, we, you said it just a little bit ago. Well, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the tempers were high on the sidelines, players getting pissed. Uh, so I just wanted to avoid any confrontation or possible out, you know, fights breaking out afterwards. And internally I'm like, yeah, but I'm pretty sure that you were taking yourself off the field because if you walked up to any, either of those coaches, you were probably going to be the one that throws the first punch. Yep. You know? Yep. <laughs> Jace was getting a knuckle problem. sandwich from Fangio for sure. He wasn't trying to, I mean, he was trying to just point to the locker room, get people off. But I think that was, there was at least half of the reason was for himself and for Adam Gase's and all of their protection as well. Mm-hmm. But Garrett Bowles, I mean, we're talking about how well he's playing, but man, he has some fire. He has some fight in him. Yeah. Like he was out there. This is like a leadership kind of move. Mm-hmm. Like game's over. I'm not going to get penalized for it. Like bring it, get over here. Yep. And, and I need to kick your ass because you deserve it kind of thing. And so that was like, good for you. Like, this is the kind of guy we need you to be not just like playing well, but we need that kind of leadership style to step up and not just get in fights, but stand up for the team, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Stand up for your guys, your brothers, the guys you go and battle with, you know, uh, and, and I think he's starting to win Broncos country over from that aspect of like, all right, man, this guy's all in. And because yeah, he's a good dude. You know, he's a Mormon dude and all that with the backstory. We also had a really rough upbringing. So, you know, he can get down and dirty aggressive and fight if he needs to. And, uh, I certainly wouldn't mess with them if I was one of those defenders, but uh, loved seeing that. And even when Fangio was pulling him away, you got to think Vic was smirking a little better deep down. He's like, that's my guy. That's what I, I want to let see. him loose. I want to let him loose. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, I know Vic, Vic and a lot of the coaches are getting a lot of criticism on Twitter, but I'm a Vic. I'm going to come out. I'm a Vic Fangio fan. So, I, I mean, I think he could, we could lose the rest of the games one of 15. I still want him back next year. That's, I think he's a good football coach. And there's a lot of things 
then have happened, special injury rise that are out of his um out of his control, yeah. Out of his control, thank you. So uh yeah, I I think he's the right guy for the job and I love when he gets fiery like that, and, and I loved what I saw out of Garrett Bowles in, in, in the team. I just thought they fought their ass off last night, and I was just happy to see if, of course, come away with a win. So, you know, the Jets, and I don't want to keep pushing on this, just but they think about yeah. the, the other aspect of all of this. When, they, when, when the Jets kept coming at us at the end of the game there, we didn't react to it. Yes. They hit Rippin, what, two, maybe three times? But we let it – we. It's not that we let it happen, but there was no retaliation. Mm-hmm. And so, again, you're talking about a disciplined team. It could have been – I'm sure they were all just wanting to get out there and just start throwing punches, right? Mm-hmm. But we held our own. We stayed disciplined in that moment uh, and, and didn't let it get even more out of hand. We, yep. we made them look like the jackasses. And I think we came out of there with our heads held high. Yeah, there was a, also a play on the flip side of the ball when we were on defense – I don't remember. I think it was earlier on in the game where there was some pushing and shoving starting to happen. And Justin Simmons stepped up in front of the whole defense and kind of put his hands up said, no, no, like kind of said, we got to be smart. Love that. Love guys stepping in, getting in front of the situation before it escalates because we're the type of football team right now that's still trying to find our footing. We can't have silly penalties like that that cost us yardage, could potentially cost us the game. So, yeah, Yeah. great point. 100%. Great. So – um, let's give out some game balls before we start wrapping this thing up. Uh, game ball and offense for you. Who who are you picking? You get number one pick this week. <laughs> I like, I'm sitting, you're looking back the last three weeks. I'm like, Oh God, like I gotta like think of something. I have to I'm sitting somebody. Here, I'm like, who, who am I going to yeah, pick? Because there are so many. To pick I from. have options. You know what? I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Tim Patrick. Holy oh, crap. I got- I showed up to play. Uh, he is really making a positive name for himself. And you got to think about, again, this is the third quarterback they're on this season. I can only imagine what these guys are going to do once Drew Locke comes back and you have that threat of Philip Lindsay out there as well. Uh, this this is a guy that I'm 100% giving a game ball to that may not you know, be one of the more immediate names, but he definitely needs some positive recognition. Yep, he was one of, one of two guys I was thinking. So he took one, I'll take the other, and that's Melvin Gordon. Um, nice best game so far as a Bronco to date. Like I said, 23 carries, 107 yards, two touchdowns. And that was just a stats on the ground. I also thought you could, you could make a case for Jerry Judy. Um, and even kind of Brett Rippon, but I think the three picks kind of overshadow that to give him a game ball, but still a win in your first career start and did some good things. But no, he did some great things. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, some of those deep passes, I mean, he yep. put the ball right on a dime. I mean, yeah, he had some underthrows and some yeah, obviously. Which he doesn't have a great but, arm strength, so that's gonna happen from time to yeah, time. But. but look at look at how he ran the offense. Like I think, you know, you I could very easily overlook those three interceptions and yeah. say, You did a hell of a job, man. He's definitely a guy you look at and you're like, How did this kid not get drafted? Yeah. How did he go undrafted? And hey, another diamond in the rough, possibly that the Broncos yeah, found. So Defense side of the ball, who gets a game ball from Kevin Dan this week? Um, oof. Again, I'm going to let uh, – I think we all know Bradley Chubb is uh, definitely deserving of one. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, the – I think the more uh, – another obvious one is Josie Jewell. You know, mm-hmm. again, stepping up. We've been – we've giving so many of these players crap the last three weeks because, well, everyone deserved it, <laughs> you know. Yep. But uh, he had just a phenomenal game, and I think I could pick any one of the top eight players here on this um, on this list I have that would – 
I mean, have done phenomenal. So jo Josie Jewell is that kind of guy that I think we just uh, we we need to rely on him to play like this every single game, and he could he could emerge as a huge leader on the uh, on the defense. Yep, and we we kind of need him to. So um, Jewell is one of my top choices. You took him, so I'm going to take Bradley Chubb. There I'm going to take the other obvious one. Thought about Bryce Callahan because, I, like I said, I thought he played a really solid game last night yeah. too, and I, I thought a lot of guys did. But uh, got to give Chubb where credit where credit's due. We were waiting for a breakout performance from him, and we got it last night. And hopefully, he just keeps rolling because I really think he can be a very special player in this league. So. Easily, easily. And then uh, special teams, um, you can take the obvious one, and I'll, I'll choose somebody else. Spencer. Okay. I mean, yeah. look, he's getting smart with letting balls. You know, okay, this is – I'm not even going to try this one. This um, but the way he, he read that that long return he did, I mean, yeah, he got some really great blocks, but he read the situation really well. In fact, mm -hmm. I didn't get a chance. I want to go back and really look at that one, especially that play from multiple angles. Uh because he had nothing in front of him. So the way he went around and found a path, um, to, I mean, to even get 10 yards out of that would, would have been huge. And so he did a fantastic job. But overall, just how he's getting smart at, okay, I'm not going to even touch this one, um, let this one go kind of thing. So that's, you know, yeah, you you expect to see some big runs and break, breakout plays from, uh, from your kick returner, right? But there's the whole other aspect of – is he being smart with what chances he's taken? I think that's what we're seeing here. Yep, being smart and taking care of the ball. I mean, we've had returns in the past that can score, like Trenton Holiday, but, but he would fumble. He'd fumble every other time. Isaiah McKenzie fumble all the time. So take care of the ball, be smart, and you're probably going to be the Broncos' returner for a good little while. So uh, yeah, so great pick. And, and and it wouldn't surprise me if we see him take either a kick or a punt to the house sometime. Oh year. yeah, probably oh, yeah. more a punt because especially playing in Denver, we don't get a lot of opportunities to return kicks. But, exactly. But I'll go with McManus. The yep. other obvious. I mean, we talked about earlier, three for three, and two of those were over fifty yards, and they were easily in hit the back of the net. So um, strong leg. Loved to see the accuracy last night, and uh, he's 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 a vet. He's he's one of two guys left from the Super Bowl fifty teams. So. Nice to have that veteran presence around the team, and he can definitely be a weapon going forward. Sure can, sure can. Yep. So um, I think that's gonna gonna do it until we talk to you guys after the New England game. I know Kev Dan, like always, has a few things he wants to plug. I don't know what you're talking about. I never have any plugs. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah we got uh, obviously remind everyone. Uh, listen, if you're listening to this podcast, you kind of know where we're at. But remember that we have the the pregame podcast as well we also got ragers if you want to follow them on twitter at ow ragers uh ray does a great job first off he is so energetic i like he, he was he's fun he's honestly fun to listen to and watch I mean, i'm surprised yeah i'm surprised he didn't start this orange weekly thing but you know he was <laughs> one of the ones that once we told him about it, he was like oh i'm all in right yeah um so and this is his bread and butter when it comes to the sports betting he's been doing it for years he's really smart on it yeah, he's uh, good. And, and he doesn't just tell you what lines he's taking but he really breaks down mm -hmm. uh, a ton of the line you know pretty much the major lines across the board and so he explains to you why are you not why am i not taking this one why am i taking this one uh here are some things to to look for and, and watch for uh, and even if you're not into sports betting it, there's an aspect there of uh, breaking down what to expect in the game, you know, it, it, you tie it all together really well. So definitely follow uh, the the Ragers podcast. Um, let's see, we got the pregame show, the halftime show, 
uh, every halftime, every pregame. We got the Monday Night Orange Weekly After Dark with Jason at 9 p.m. Mountain Time. We got Bourbon Broncos, No BS, our flagship show, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Also visit our website, broncosorangeweekly.com, for some articles and just another easy way to find our latest show and latest podcasts that are up there. Um, but yeah, for the rest of the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. If you know, we love all of you listeners. We love the support. Uh, if you can give us that five star rating, uh, either through one of those sources or go on Facebook and give us a review, that's what helps us out the most. So uh, all of those places. David and I are actually going to be at Colorado Cork and Keg on October 11th for the uh, Patriots game at 2.25 p.m. Remember, that got pushed back from That's 11 right, to 2.25. Yeah. So maybe we don't have to worry about that early time slot uh, situation uh, that we've talked about in the past. So uh, Dave and I we're gonna, are going to be there about an hour before kickoff. If you guys want to come down to Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock, Colorado, perfect spot between the Springs and Denver, right off the highway uh, behind the McDonald's off of Wolfen, uh, Wolfensburger Street. Uh, so great place. They're super friendly. They have great food, great beer, great drinks. Come on down and join us there. If you tell them that Orange Weekly sent you, you get half off your first drink. David and I tried it and they're off. And they were like, yeah, okay, well, we could get I was like, no, don't give it to us. But it does work. We tested it. It does work. Uh, and then lastly, want to thank our sponsors, Centennial State Insurance Agency. They're your go-to for all your insurance needs. They're not some big corporation. You're not going to be waiting on hold for 45 minutes to get to somebody that maybe will somewhat listen, don't really care because they're just getting paid. Small organization. Uh, they really care about all their clients. They'll be honest with you. If they're, if you, they're not uh, the best insurance um, you know, company for what you're looking for based off of quotes, they will straight up tell you, they will give you advice. Uh, really check them out. Centennial State Insurance Agency. Even if you just want to quote, give them a call 303-838-0554. You can find them on Facebook as well. So those are my plugs. We got a great line of stuff coming up uh, throughout the rest of the season. We got some great sponsors, some great podcasts. This stuff is awesome, man. It's for us to be talking about a win, it's even better. We're rocking and rolling, talking about a win. Hopefully, we're going to be talking about another win coming out of the game in Foxborough next weekend. And till then, everybody, stay safe, stay healthy, stay safe. And like always, go Broncos. Go Broncos. Take care, everyone. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news.